0: What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets' Up podcast. Just finished up the Subway Series. Split split the Subway Series for the season. Couldn't get the second win in the Game 2, but Game 1 was great. A lot of good stuff going on, honestly. like Outside the bats, kind of just not really existing in Game 2. Mets played really good baseball these last two games against the New York Yankees. So, a lot of really positive things to talk about here. Of course, trade deadline's coming up, so that's always going to be a topic of conversation. Whether the Mets are buying, selling, doing anything... We will talk about whatever we can with you guys as well as recapping the games and previewing the next series for Gamer against the Washington Nationals. Make sure you follow us on all our social media at MetsUp on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Go subscribe to the New York Mets YouTube channel if you want to see the video version of this. And If you like what you're listening to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, Odyssey. Drop us a rating, drop us a review, download, and subscribe. James, how we doing, man? What's going on?
1: Doing good. That was a nice intro. That was like a more clean, succinct, you know, like, that was more of a table of contents than an intro. You really let everyone know what we're going to talk about for the next oh, 30 yeah. minutes to an hour or so.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, listen, the the series was good. Like, I, I know they didn't win both games. In Game 2, like, the offense wasn't there, but there were, like, a lot of positives, I feel like, to pull from Game 2, especially on the side with Quintana, having, like, he had some tough innings and he battled. We'll get to it. But Game 1, let's start off there with the win. I was in attendance at Yankee Stadium. Always fun at Yankee Stadium because... Let me just go on like a little rant about getting to Yankee Stadium. First off, the four-five-six line is the is the worst line in in Manhattan. I hate it. It's absolutely it's always packed. Especially the four train. The four train is always packed. It's an express that only runs like every twelve minutes. So it's unlike the seven line that's just ripping seven trains through every two-three minutes. You're at Queensboro Plaza. You're waiting. You're never waiting more than two or three minutes. You miss the Ford train. You got a good 12-minute wait to get on a packed subway. It's friggin' hot in there. It's super hot. And then the when you get to Yankee Stadium, which is just the absolute worst, the, the track, what is it called? The station. That's what they're called. The station mm-hmm. is tiny. And there's one stairwell to go down from that station down to the street level. And it's coming from a packed car. It's like nobody thought. Nobody used their brain at all when they designed this stadium and where it should go. I, I hated that. It got me mad. There was just nonsense on the train as well. I, it was I hated it.
1: How, how can you not even tell just by the like the way the Yankee Stadium was built, designed, like the way it feels that it was built for the people coming in their luxury cars from Greenwich and from you know up in Connecticut, while Westchester, it's not made for the people. It's not like Citi Field. Like Yankee Stadium, they don't they put that subway like that because they don't want the subway people coming to Yankee Stadium. That's <laughs> why it's like that. You go to the Yankee Stadium, you go eat, you know, you network, and then there's baseball on, and then you go home.
0: I will say uh, they do kill it before the game with Billy's and Stands. It's awesome. Like I, I can't wait for City Field to start getting more and more bars around. We have the K Corner. We have Ebbs right now, but those places like those are real, like down to earth. Like you're watching, you're talking baseball, good music, kind of thing. Can't wait for that to build around uh, City Field as well in the upcoming years, hopefully. So that's fun. But then getting into the stadium, this is a whole nother debacle <laughs> for a stadium. You, you would think, like I guess maybe the Yankees don't sell out as much as they like to think because you would, you they have no clue. No clue how to get people into the stadium at all. Any gate you go to, you're waiting online for 15, 20 minutes. I mean, it's only what, like 10,000 more people than City Field. You'd think that they have no clue. Bottlenecking. There's the way that security works is out of control. We were online for like 20 minutes to get into the stadium 10 minutes before the game was starting. Like that just shouldn't happen. That's insane. I've never seen a line like that at any other stadium in the world. In the world. I'm a world traveler. I've been to games in England. Never been like that before no i mean the city field usher is salt of the earth and very efficient
1: everyone knows their so job everyone efficient. knows what they're doing and gets everybody in, in a timely fashion there were even a few years ago i remember yeah, years years ago there were like those long lines sometimes outside of city field for the sellouts but last year especially hasn't hasn't been like that as much as much you know we're not We just, you know it's a little different now but yankee stadium every single time you go to that place it's complete just mess to get in there every single time absolute single time. mess
0: absolute mess and i mean it's just like one of the most overrated stadiums, if not the most overrated stadium in all of baseball. It's just such a, like, business feel. There's no fun. There's no family family vibe whatsoever. Like, everything there, like you said, you said people go there to network. It's 100% true. There's a ton of networking getting done at Yankee Stadium. The seats behind home plate are never full. They were reporting that it was a sellout, maybe by ticket sales before the game. But I can tell you right now, me and Ernie, we had tickets in 4.06 or 3.06 Right field, first row. I went down to go get a steak sandwich. I found a, a section, 128, 129. Eight rows, completely empty. Completely empty. I called Ernie. I said, hey, we're at Yankee Stadium. We're moving down. We're sitting here. We, we can't do this because, I mean, how, they, they didn't even show up for their own game. This is a team that's above 500.
1: I'm not lying when I say the things I say. Like, I am, I'm passionate about how awful Yankee Stadium is. And I don't even think it's overrated anymore because I feel like it's really spread around. The Yankee Stadium is just, like, not... That good of a ballpark. It's really good if you're like in a luxury section or you're in the Legends Suites. Like those things are incredible there. Like eating eating high class sushi at the baseball game is sick. I can't. You can't. You can't get they me do wrong. City Field Sushi they is really good food. too. Food. City Field Sushi is great, but the the sushi in Yankee Stadium is and it's nuts. Like, it's also it's very different. Like City Field Sushi, everyone can get it. Yankee Stadium, it's only for the very select few, the elites i know vito was
0: uh making fun of it before but i I had Benny Hanna in the stadium it was fantastic a little steak a little rice and it was like 20 dollars. i I was full i was completely full it was great
1: yeah i like the halal guys there too good good rice options in yankee stadium but it's just it's not a place to like really watch a game like city field you can you kind of walk around just like enjoy the day at city field the yankee stadium most of the stadiums you're walking you can't see the field and it's like you can't see anything it's terrible i don't know and it's like even like it's like that business feel kind of behind home plate.
0: And then you go to the bleachers and you're just like terrified for your life. Cause there's yeah, the bleacher it's, it's, creatures. It's the bleacher creatures have a, a very, very fair nickname. They they are creatures. I will say that is animal. They're creatures, they're maniacs, whatever it is. It's also super lame. I, I honestly like bleacher creatures is one of like the lamest thing in sports. Honestly, it's like grown men who are like, please wave to me. Anthony Volpe, you're 21. Please wave to me. Lame. If you're a kid cool if you're an adult man who's got children really weird what's what's the age cut off on a bleacher creature once you're out of college you can no longer be a bleacher creature i think when you're in college it's acceptable because yeah. you're, you're having beers you're hanging out like it's a cheap ticket i respect that they they do sell out the bleachers every game that's cool because it's like a cheap ticket you get your beer you hang out they're they're rowdy for sure but the chanting and like please wave back to me anthony rizzo please glaber torres weird behavior from adults yeah and yankee fans themselves i feel like are a little
1: bit duller right now than they usually are they've kind of been like they've kind of beaten down by like a full calendar year of like around 500 baseball their their team is one of the worst offenses in baseball over the last two months like they're definitely kind of like they're a little more sulky than usual yankee fans like i was watching the game with a friend tonight in his backyard and like usually any subway series he'll just be like "Eh, yeah just like get in my face no matter what and he was just like Super casual, was like, yeah, I've been happy. Rodan, you know, got through five good ones. I was like,
0: yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. It's wow, I can't believe you're giving me such a guy to take. Dude, I had Yankee fans last night. They were, they're actually really good. The ones that were sitting around me and Ernie, but when the Met, when Pete Alonso hit that second home run to put the Mets up four or five, whatever it was at the time, uh, there we were screaming, we were jumping, we were yelling, high fiving each other, being excited. Also, Ernie pulled out the VR jersey. He has to wear that to all Mets games now. No more, uh, no more of the other jerseys. Got to pull out the VR. But. We were jumping and yelling, some Yankee fans are like, Yeah, why don't you get above 500? Let us know, like, what's going on? Then you can talk. I was like, Yeah, why don't you get out of fifth place and get into a playoff spot? We're both not in the playoffs. Like, what is this trash talking? And they're like, Biggest payroll ever. And I was like, Coming from the Yankees, imagine being a Yankee fan complaining about payroll. I mean, you guys broke all the records prior prior to this. No, that's what I mean. The Yankee fans are different. They're getting a little bit different. And I feel
1: like the fact that, like, if they were really good, and we were having the season as the Mets with the biggest payroll, they would have a lot of ammo. Like, I'll put my hands up yeah. and I'll tell you that. You would have me. Definitely. I would have no response. But the fact that they also stink, like, teams are going yeah. in similar directions. Like, maybe Judge comes back, they get hot and they, like, sneak into a wild card spot. But it's just, it's a sad day when Yankee fans are bragging about wild card spots and, you know, not having the highest payroll in New York. Like, that's, it's interesting, like, that they that, that have a chip on their shoulder now and that's how they're about it. But it's, it's weird coming from our youth, teams of A Rod, G, they're, you know, buying, buying all the talent yeah. you possibly could. And now, yeah, they're just like, they're proud not to have the biggest payroll.
0: Yeah, a lot of winning in the last 23 years for that franchise. Big one World Series for them, yeah. So, very successful. But let's get back to this game here. Pete Alonso is back. He's so back. I was feeling it before the game. Let's just say I I had a little little here and there on Pete Alonso to hit a home runner or not. He uh, He was having a great, great series in Boston. And the way he was swinging it felt good. Boy, did he look good. I mean, even in game two, he was smoking the ball. But two home runs, five RBIs, and a walk. Both the balls were absolutely crushed on the home runs. That's the kind of Pete Alonso we're accustomed to seeing.
1: No, definitely. Uh, Both his home runs were hit over 105 miles an hour. And that is a big thing for Pete because when Pete's at his best, he hits the ball as hard or harder than basically every single other player in baseball besides the guy on the other side these uh, last two games, Giancarlo Stanton. And so I looked because I was like, I really feel like Pete hasn't really done that in a while. And I went back and looked. And in the first 21 games this season, in four games, he had two balls in play over 105 miles an hour exit velocity. This was only the fourth time he's done that 71 games since since wow. like the middle of May ish. And like that's like you really felt it with the wrist injury and we need that pete back with consistency. But good to see him. It also plays like Yankee Stadium. Like I know those home runs weren't like quintessential Yankee Stadium home runs. I yeah. made a joke on Twitter because one kind of looks like it, even though he smoked it, but like those did feel like they might not have, you know, gotten out of City Field. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Citi Field, maybe not so much, but yeah. it was uh, it was good to see Pete swinging the bat like that. I feel like him and especially Lindor always have big Subway series, always perform like in the clutch against the Yankees. I feel like Lindor in particular owns the Yankees. We know he had that huge game back in 2021 yeah. where he had the, the what, three home run game, right? Against the Yankees, mm-hmm. which was Sunday so night baseball. sick, so awesome on Sunday Night Baseball. And he did it again, three for five, two doubles. You had four hard hit balls on here playing great defense as always. Like that's when this middle of the order is clicking like that, you go, there they are. There's that Mets team we've been waiting for.
1: Definitely. And Lindor just has been swinging the bat really, really well since the birth of his daughter, i He told us in the interview that those two things aren't related, but it just so circumstantially, he has been playing well about since that time. Like he got hot that like third full week of June over there. And he's got 900 OPS, like since, since i he's got, I was six home runs yesterday. He also two bases last night, I'd give him 10 steals in 30 games. Like he's just filling up the statue left and right for all my fancy baseball players out there. He's a top 25 player in like pure fancy baseball rotisserie value. So home runs, RBIs, run scores, stolen bases, batting average. And we still know the batting average is a drag. So he's been so elite in all those other categories. Like statistically speaking, he's one of, he's one of the best. Like players in the whole league and fantasy is different but he's still even in terms of like wins above replacement is still where he always is like top 30 20 player in the whole league and i thought it was cool that all four of his hardest hit of his hard hit balls on tuesday night were over 100 miles an hour he's a guy yeah. who has really good exit velocities usually but like to get four of those in one game like you're really quite locked in and i just wanted to look back at that again i had the queue open from p so i was looking up exit velocity stuff anyway that was the second time this month Alan had four hard hit balls in one game, including the game in Arizona. And just a random comparison. This one was really special for John. So I'm sad he couldn't join us tonight, but this will be, <laughs> this will be the test. If John's going to listen to the podcast or not, Xander Bargar has only done that twice in his entire career. Four balls <laughs> over 100 miles an hour in one game, and one was in 2017, and one was April of 2022, and Lador done it twice this month, which is just really weird. And you know, that's just a weird coincidence right there.
0: Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. McNeil also waking up a little bit, showing some life, taking some good swings, getting on base, had a good game too as well. We need Jeff McNeil like swinging the bat like he was losing the batting title champion and having him hit the way he has this year. Like it, it hurts the offense for sure. So for Jeff to kind of just be inching his way back, inching his way back, heating up. Swinging the bat a lot better also just helps his team so much.
1: Yeah, and just finding his ways to contribute. He had the amazing rob home run in game two, playing right field, and so funny just that little that little fets out there. Rob the home run. <laughs> that ball <laughs> off Glaber Torres is bad. Just now we're jumping he around a little it. bit. He, he it was good, like that best that was going to be three inches deep in the right field for <laughs> yeah. Yankee Stadium. He acted like he just put the ball in the grandstand, and that screwed up my head from watching this game so much that the next inning Tommy Fam like did the same thing. And like, I still up, I went, get out. My friend was like, what the hell? I was like, TK Stadium, I don't know. But <laughs> Jeff uh, worked a really critical walk that I love to see in game one. It was just before Pete's first home run. Francisco Lindor had doubled with two outs and nobody on. And then McNeil was up to 0 and he went back to 2-2 and then just battled for a few pitches, drew a nice seven-pitch walk. And that's kind of like when you feel that Jeff is like kind of gritting his teeth and like playing this game with the pitcher, it feels like he's getting himself back to where he kind of where he knows he needs to be like mentally to be the player he is
0: yeah and i mean talk about owning the yankees justin verlander that guy owns the freaking yankees that guy owns him i mean he's knocked him out of multiple playoffs he's he's pitched great against them pitched great against them again the other night six innings six k's no earned runs two hard hit balls i mean what else is there to say he's been fantastic
1: no he has and it's just been it's been like a month and a half now Verlander just being like this his era is Two four four since June first, that's the seventh lowest in the league. It's one nine eight since his like last kind of rough start, which was one in Atlanta. That's the third lowest in the league, and even just over the last month, last thirty calendar days, it's one point four six, which is also the third lowest in the league. And both of those third lowest in the league, they're behind Blake Snell and Kyle Bradish, who are the two hottest pitchers <laughs> on planet Earth. Two of my guys, which is awesome. But he hasn't even allowed one three earned runs to start since uh, he went pitched down in Houston, and it's just it's really he really finally has like made this great adjustment with the fastball. I've talked to you guys a lot about his fastball shape over, uh, over the last couple of months listening to this podcast. And I have another side-by-side image for Vito for the YouTube listeners of how he's like changed around his fastball location, especially at right-handed batters. And this image comes from Lance Brozdowski. I've shot him out in the pod a few times. He works for the Marquee Network as a player development analyst. He used to work for Driveline Video Coordinator his pitch has just his fastball just lost some like natural like the hop carry explosiveness it's always had in his career that's how he's always like lived in the top of the strike zone with his fastball and people have never been able to touch it and it's lost a little bit of that but that pitch always did have a little bit of run on it too so while it was like a rising fastball it still like came really up and in on the right-handed batters so now what he's doing is he's been putting that pitch much lower in the strike zone he's like using it low to like dive in, in inside on them And just getting a lot of weak contact that way. And it worked. Like, credit to one of the greatest of all time to see something that wasn't right and correcting it in a really, really, like, succinct and easy way.
0: Yeah, they had Verlander mic'd up for game two in the third inning. And Ron, Keith, and Gary were talking to him. And they were, like, asking him, like, really good questions about, like, hey, like, at the beginning of the year, you weren't sharp. But, like, we've been seeing you over this past month, month and a half. You've really figured things out. It's like, what's that all about? He's like, yeah, like, just, like, kind of have never really started the year on the IL too often. He was like so coming back like mid-season dealing with like moving to new york dealing with having to catch up with everybody else he's like all the hitters were ready to go when i came back he's like i was still kind of like an extended spring training a little bit he's like so yeah definitely took some time i wasn't as sharp he goes but i'm feeling comfortable now and like obviously in his play you can tell that he's a little bit more comfortable too
1: yeah and he's very obvious on the mound he just he re- once again looks like justin verlander used to where he's very in control on the mound he's Overpowering Heathers, he's mixing in more breaking balls than he has in the past, and they're working really well. And it's a pleasure to watch he him him getting together like this has really helped this team straighten out over the last like four weeks or so.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent, and then just some other stuff around the you know uh, field too. Vientos got an at bat, smoked a double down the line, which was great. So I would love to see him get the hands inside the baseball there. The Mets like there there were shaky moments in this game, which sounds crazy because they were up big with the bullpen and guys getting on and, like close moments here and there but like every yeah yankee stadium it makes you a little bit a little more nervous too because a pop-up can go for a home run but like everybody kind of just stepped up when we really really needed it hartwig robertson slammed the door like we ended up getting a very clean win here which felt really really good and let me tell you there might not be a better feeling during the regular season than being in yankee stadium (laughs) and seeing those yankees fans leave in the seventh and eighth inning with their heads down sad Cursing out the manager, cursing out the GM, cursing out the ownership—all that stuff brings a huge, huge smile to my face. And cherry on top, I met Big Time Tommy. Yeah, take it easy. That take I was it ease.
1: I was very jealous when I saw that picture.
0: We walked out of the stadium, and I see him. Grant—he's a Yankees fan, so it's—he's nobody's perfect, right? I mean, come on. No, and but, I mean, of,
1: of course he's a Yankees fan.
0: Yeah, he's got his Yankees Cadillac parked outside it's the they, old they school get, way. They let him park wherever he wants. He just parked on the sidewalk, <laughs> which is awesome. And I go, I got to take a picture with this guy. And I went up to him. I said, are you doing big time, Tommy? I said, <laughs> oh, I said I said it like that too. I said, the old school way, OS for life. And he was like, hey, let's take a picture. And then we took a picture. <laughs> get, he Like when we were done, he turned me, gave me a good handshake. I said, OS for life, take it easy. And he said, take it easy. And that was it. I was like, "What a what a legend. I love that guy. I feel like if I ever met Big Time Tommy, if you guys don't
1: know Big Time Tommy, go on Instagram, look up Big Time Tommy, because cause sometimes you got you to gotta freestyle it. You got to do it the old yeah. school way. He seems like a guy who would always have like a little bit of salami on him.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Like like he gets out of the Yankee Stadium, but like he keeps like a little cooler in the back. He takes out like a it's like a black like bag of the cold cuts. And he just eats a few, sits in his car, meet, meets the
0: fans like you, and then and is on his merry way back to South Jersey, wherever he calls home. 95% sure he did not go into the stadium. I think I saw like foldable chairs that he was just yeah, that's what you mean. yeah, and just hanging out there. And I'm sure they were like talking, listening to the game on the radio, having some sure. meats, some cured meats yeah, of the Italian variety, some that's cheese, cooler. maybe a little, a little Oof. Parmigiano cheese, you know, and he's having a good day. Big time Tommy also strikes me as the
1: type. And again, this is in the utmost compliments. I love big time Tommy. Love he him. probably has like he always keeps like the brewed iced tea like in that thing at mm-hmm. his house, you know, and before he's come to the ballpark, he, he I, I bet he takes like an old Simply Orange that he's kept lying around <laughs> and he pours the iced tea into the Simply Orange. And he packs that <laughs> tight in the cooler with the salami and he's just ripping iced tea and cured
0: meats listening to the game <laughs> and with the sounds of the stadium behind him. Oh, 100%, 100%. He's a total vibe, really was just the perfect way to end a great night watching the Mets beat down on the Yankees, which was just so much, so much fun. And now also, on to game
1: two. Oh, before oh. we close on game one, I want to give credit to one more person. I, I give I, it to Dominic. Him. Dominic Leone has been, has been good out of this Mets bullpen. He he really, he really closed the door after Brooks really got into a little bit of trouble. First time Brooks Raley's got into a trouble, it feels like months. And it's just that slider fastball combination from, um from, uh, from Leon right now is incredible. That slide is rocking nearly a 50% whiff rate for on the year for Dominic Leon. Yeah, he's, and it looks good. You watch the slide in the fest, bike these are good pitches. And now he's bringing the cutter along more, which I think a lot of these mess pitchers across baseball. Great article by Michael uh, Bauman on Fangrafts this week about the, the rise of the cutter. He, it's, it, those three pitches are great. Like, watching him pitch, I'm not like, he's become one of the relievers in this bullpen where, like, I'll sit back in my chair rather
0: than, like, okay. be on my, yeah, be, like, leaning up a little bit, like, watching, you know? And I, I, give, yeah, I, mean, I, I'm, I give him props for that. I'm always tense around Dominic Leone, but you know what? He's come up big two times against the Yankees. Like, you just yeah. got to become a believer. That's all it is.
1: Yeah, it's really true. And this guy's good. It was good. Good game. Really good game Tuesday yeah.
0: night. Big Italian game. Big Italian game. That's all I'm going to say. Big Italian Yanks, game for the Yankees a big
1: Italian team, too. Like, the fact that they have Rizzo and Volpe just hanging around there is like <laughs> it's really ridiculous.
0: Oh, I thought you Not had more. Get... All right, let's talk about no, game two. Good. Let's talk yeah. about game two. Game two, a little bit more straightforward. Honestly, truthfully, they just beat us. And mm-hmm. they were just a little bit better. Like, I don't, I, there's no blame to point to anybody. It's not like, Hey, Quintana, you should have pitched better. Or Hey, the offense, you should have hit better. Like, yeah, there was moments in this game where the Mets had opportunities, but obviously with baseball, we know it just, it doesn't work every single time. And I wasn't watching this game frustrated in the way of like my, how are we doing this? What's going on? It was like, dang, just couldn't get it done. Like Quintana ended up like settling in pretty nicely in this game too.
1: Yeah, Kula Quintana worked through early inning trouble for the second start in a row to really, like, bring the nose up and have a good start. And this was also another start where the runs were just kind of like, ah, oh. like, little dinks, little doinks, sack fly, fielder's fluky. choice. Yeah, and, like, Quintana, something that I told you guys about in his last start was that he was much more sinker heavy than, like, any other pitch, which I thought was interesting because in his career he's used the sinker, but it's mostly four seamers, and there wasn't very much curveball. This game was a lot of curveball. I think it was like 30, 35, 40% curveball. And the curveball became his primary pitch and the sinker was secondary, which is kind of the way Quintana has built up his career the last few years. And look good doing it. Like once he got comfortable, he got comfortable. The Yankees, the bottom of the Yankee order leaves a lot to be desired. You could really steamroll <laughs> through those guys. It's kept getting out of trouble because, yeah. And they kept setting up like Kyle Higashioka and Isaiah Keener-Falefa, who's one <laughs> the of home Shro- to stand- The home
0: run stroker? The home run stroke?
1: Yeah. And as I, I talk about as Isaiah- <laughs> Keener-Falefa and he hits leadoff for them. So, um, yeah. But yeah, it was just... You can you get through some of the scary guys, and
0: you get to there. You got a couple nice ground balls too. Some of the really... scary guys is funny too. There's like what, like maybe two. John Carlos Santana is yeah, a scary guy. Sh- I said half. it. He's a husk of himself. He's not the same person. He's in chronic pain. He, he also looks like he he has like a, a tenuous grasp on like where the fly ball is gonna land. Like he oh, walks yeah, over yeah. there
1: and he's looking up. He's like, oh god. And He like takes two more steps. And he's like, oh god again. He like takes three more <laughs> and he's like, oh shit. But um, yeah, can just look good? And like you you kind of really like look at Quintana right now. You're like, we really missed this in May. You yeah. really just missed a guy being out there every five days, just like keeping the game in front of him. That and he has played two two of the worst offenses in the league his first two games. But it's also his first two games it's after perfect. missing the whole season. Yeah. So a really good way to ease him into this. But you, you, it's it's bittersweet to watch
0: Quintana a little bit right now because you're like, Shh, if he was pitching in May, but
1: yeah, that's what it is. It was a good start.
0: Yeah, Jeff was making some good plays around the field again. He was he was involved in a lot tonight. He got drilled in the back by Carlos Rodon. He did not seem happy. Tossed the helmet. I thought I thought something was going to happen there for a second. I was like, is Jeff about to go out there? But cooler heads prevailed. I don't think it was on purpose by any means. I, I know Gary, Keith, and Ron were a little upset about that. But you know what? They should be. Mets get hit more than any team in baseball. Something, you know, something to just keep an eye out for. Definitely uh, monitor what's going on there. But, yeah, Jeff was – he made that sliding catch where he slipped on the Yankees outfield, which is crazy. I don't know how that happens. But he slipped, slid, caught the ball, made a great throw home. But Alvarez just – I mean, Harrison Bader made a great slide, to be fair. couldn't get the tag on in time which was one of the runs vientos made the error which led to a run as well i it was there was bits and pieces here and there but like jeff robbed a home run from gleyber torres like we said so at the end of the day i you can't point at one or two things it was just like hey play a little bit better than they did and that's that's just the story of this game
1: no and there was another moment from the jeff rodon feud that again i I was watching on yes because i'm a yankee friend's house and i get house rules even though i have to watch the despicable network but um they they after Jeff made an out somewhere later in the game, maybe it was the sixth inning, Rodon's last inning, he just walked right across the mound. Yeah. I thought that was that was that was really cool. I like that a lot. Him and Rodan kind of shared like a wry smile. And Rodon is a gamer and he has big personality, so I don't even think he was super offended by it, which I thought was really cool of him. No to like not be hard though about it, like the like Dallas Braden all those years ago with Arod, even though Arod <laughs> just did it to assert dominance, which was crazy. <laughs> You guys should watch that video if you haven't. for like Dal- Dallas
0: Braden. Yeah,
1: a ron and Dallas Braden just yelling at each other on the field because a ron yeah. grounded out and just walked across the map. <laughs> a is so much easier to appreciate in retrospect than he was in the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's of unbelievable. Course. I hated his guts every single second he was a Major League Baseball player. But now I'm like, this guy was the king of comedy, even, <laughs> even though even, even though he fired me. But, however, <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> it was it was nice to see that moment. That was like a little bit of old-school old baseballism back in this and Rodon is like an old school guy. And I, I kind of, I, I, I'm sorry for Yankee fans that they freaked out on him over like two or three starts because he's going to be one of the you better know, pitchers in be baseball. I feel fine. like over the second half. Yeah. He could be actually the lightning rod that drags them to the playoffs for being quite honest, but, and their <laughs> only chance to beat any of these American league teams in a playoff series is Carlos Rodon. they were like, yeah. get him out of here. He isn't like this being here. He rolled up the patch too, which yeah, was, was like, pretty cool. That was crazy. He had the chest hair going. Like he was like basically an honorary Italian for this game.
0: Yeah. As a, uh, when I went out to dinner with him, I asked him about, like, what he thinks about the bat flips and stuff. He's like, if I strike you out, I'm going to shove it in your face. You can shove it in mine when you hit a home run off me. Like, that's the kind of stuff you respect as an opposing fan, for sure. Yeah, that's a good attitude to have. And I feel like as
1: like as baseball keeps growing and, like, these more younger players come in, more older players leave, like, that's kind of going to be the most hard o mentality, I feel like. Or that's yes. going to be, like, what becomes, like, the 80th percentile of hard-o's rather than, like, the 60th percentile of hard-o's. That's going to just make this game a lot more fun. But... That was that was kind of it for this game. This was again. This was pretty pretty cut and dry. Um, I, I also will say this Mets fans like I know Trevor Gott's had some really bad outings, but like looked pretty good tonight. It's a lot of movement yeah. in those fastballs, the four seamer, and the cutter, and the sinker. He's really just a fastball guy, with all three of them move in different directions. I could see a way that that winds up okay. It's been bad so far, yeah. but yeah, him and Drew Smith pitched two innings. Like they two walks, no hard hit balls. that was, was pretty clean after that. And the Yankee bullpen, we talked about, is good. Those guys, those guys can really do some things. Tommy Kenealy, Wandy Peralta, those, those pitches move they move the magic, the magic wandy. Yeah, the magic wandy and your boy Tommy Canely with the, the, the when you see the 90 mile an hour change up, it's like really takes you back. Like you're like, wow, that is seems really hard to hit.
0: During the all star break, got a couple discord calls from Tommy Canely trying to play some games late at night, which is <laughs> so funny to say out loud. He's a real character. Good guy. Again, wish he wasn't on the Yankees because then I could really root for him. But you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. At the end of the day, Mets are still seven and a half out of the wild card. Obviously, the trade deadline's coming up. We're under a week away from that. August first is the trade deadline. We are. We don't know anything. We're not going to talk about rumors or anything like that on the podcast. You guys know the drill. But I will say, all the players that have been asked on the Met side about being traded or the possibility of it. Every single one of them is very much like, "No, I came here. I want to get. I want to get a job done here. I want to be a Met. I want to stay in New York." Mark Cannon was like, "Please, no. Like, don't don't get rid of me. Like, I I love it here. Do you see how much? Did you see the food I go and eat? Like." if you send me to cincinnati i'm gonna have to get skyline chili like what's the deal there but uh it's good to see these guys want to be here still of course you picked like the only trade deadline buyer who doesn't need an outfielder in the
1: cincinnati Reds. they have like they're like five deep out there right now but skyline yeah, chili's low-hanging fruit <laughs> i know it is. you might as well take a shot at it but it is it isn't just again use the word again one of our favorite words in this podcast bittersweet that um we hear these guys talking they're like yeah because everyone signed on this team for a reason these they they real world series aspirations in april feels like a long time ago now but that was it and now we're in the precipice of probably some of these guys possibly being a different
0: team yeah, we heard Steve Cohen talk about it. Like when he had the little press conference. He's like, hey, listen, like we're gonna evaluate and do what's best for the team, like this year, next year, moving forward. Like we gotta we gotta think about a big picture here. So we'll we'll keep you guys posted on whatever happens. Of course, we will probably be pretty active during the trade deadline. If there's anything to talk about, we will be a place you can come listen. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Let's go ahead and get to the estimate, because of course we had one this past series, and that was how many Yankee Stadium home runs there would be essentially. There was zero. And I mm. said one, you said three. So another win for me. John has still not gotten back to us about Boston. So we have absolutely yeah. no clue what's going on there. But I don't think you've won one in quite some time here. It's been a minute. No, I'm pretty
1: sure I won the Dodgers one, the first one out of the break. The total oh, bases really? by Lilo Feathers. Yeah, I, I, smashed, I smashed that one.
0: Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, you I got one on the board backs, there. Come on, I, hey, it's I, I think league. I have like three on you still, though, right now.
1: No, there was the Dodgers series. And then we can name all the series. There was this Yankee series. There was a the Red Sox series. There was the White, White, Sox. White Sox in between. I don't remember okay. who won White Sox. I might have won White Sox too, honestly.
0: No, I won White Sox because DJ Stewart home run. Oh, yeah, longest home run. Okay, so it's not that crazy. And I
1: think I probably right. won the Boston one because I had the under and it didn't seem like there were that many monster shots. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, John will have, we'll have to count yeah. that up. You know, August when John gets back to us with that, which I'm just I'm saying that because it's going to be very soon. But I uh, know we're going to do one series in July still. So damn, I almost got him. But <laughs> Almost got him. Almost got him. But yeah, I'm, I'm on a cold streak with estimate, but I, I, we'll get back. We're fine.
0: I, I, John I had has. Every time. You know, you do. I mean, we're we're hot and cold on this, both of us. So, John texted me, texted us. The estimate for this one is total pitchers used in a four-game series, because we do have a four-game series coming up against the Nationals. Probably going to be a lot of pitching used. Probably going to be a lot. Just, like, anytime there's a four-game series, every, all hands on deck, as always. You're going to be using some guys in some different situations than they're used to. I'm just trying to think about, like, what's the average amount of pitchers that just gets used in a game anyway, that, like where do we go with this number here james no, you I'm got doing, i'm just doing mental math right now yeah i'm, I'm just ta- i'm taking a look at some box scores here all right yeah. i'm gonna say yeah i've got my number way on, give me give me two seconds yeah I, we'll I feel good about series, it two teams eight i'm reading i'm reading the numbers Ooh, total pitchers used is it's not like if you use trevor got twice that only counts once that counts as twice correct no i
1: think it's every pitcher that appears in every game
0: Okay, so that, it's, it's no a cumulative it. number. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it's not. It's not like if Trevor got used, you, you, he, he doesn't count anymore. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah. okay, I got I like it. like how you're bringing with the Trevor got. But give me one more second.
0: So, yeah, I'll give you one more second. I'll. Uh, That's what I else got. can I talk about? That's for for fun here. Uh, ooh, good podcasting. You <laughs> Too no. It's <laughs> James good making got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> you got your number. All right, ready? Yeah, I'm gonna still write it down for the people on YouTube. Okay, three, two, one 32 34. Ooh, 30. We got to pull that down. You said for the people oh, on YouTube, it. you don't even yeah. show them. Yeah. There we 34. go. 34, 34 versus 32. I wanted so, to, uh, want to
1: be under you. Damn.
0: Mark with 32, James with 34. You want to know where I did? I said eight what? pitchers a game, four games. That's where I went. Yeah. I did that. And I gave a little juice on top just in case we get mm, like a juice like, yeah, just in case someone gets someone some national, we knock them out like the second inning which uh, Nationals are playing like some okay baseball. Like they're, they're, no. they're an okay team. They're not nearly as bad as I think we thought they were, mm-hmm. which is funny because you tried to tell me they were horrible. I, boy, I mean, hey, was foolish.
1: No, yeah, hand up to me. I really thought they were going to have like uh, like a s- historically bad season,
0: like something like some of these other historically bad teams are doing. And we haven't seen We'll them. be saying what the trade deadline is going to make them really bad, though, because they're going to lose Jamer Candelario, who's been like <laughs> one of their best hitters, clearly, this year. My boy. But uh, they, we haven't even seen them in like
1: a very long time. May fifteenth was the last time we had a game against Nationals. Whoa. That was that four game set we played in Washington. So a lot of things have changed with this team. Number one thing that has changed is that um, CJ Abrams is kind of good now. Like he's a mm-hmm. good baseball player. It just happened, and now he is good. And that's gonna be something. Before we really start to break it down and give you guys the pitching matchups on Thursday, seven, all seven ten games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and one for the on Sunday. Very. Very classic series right here. No, 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 funny business. No curveballs. Kodai Sanga versus Josiah Gray, who's also just good now. That's a new thing. Max Scherzer versus Mackenzie Gore on Friday. Mackenzie Gore usually pitches quite well against the Mets. He's usually fine against everybody else. Saturday, Carlos Carrasco versus versus Patrick Corbin. That could be the game where the, our pitching we really see our pitching number there. And Sunday matinee, Justin Verlander versus old friend Trevor Williams of the famous Trevor Williams trade.
0: There's a real uh real question as to whether or not Patrick Corbin will make that start. He could be on the move yeah, at the deadline. That's Very true. much could be. They might not want to pitch him right before the deadline either. There's a possibility for that too.
1: We're, yeah, we're missing Jake Irvin in this series who I was just looking around baseball today. He threw 97 miles an hour today. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, Jake right? Irvin. Jake Irvin threw ninety seven. So maybe the nationals are learning. Maybe they're doing something right that is is happening to them. But they I don't know. They 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 they're an interesting team. They really don't strike out ever which is, like, kind of a funny thing. They also don't barrel the ball. They swing a bunch. They don't, like, walk as much as many of the other teams. They they just go out there and play some ball. They kind of, like, put they the do. pressure on you. They have a lot of contact here. C.J. is becoming a high-contact guy. Lane Thomas is a high-contact guy. The new version of Dominic Smith
0: is a high-contact guy. Plays a lot of pepper. Just puts, the, well, ball, that's puts like, the ball in play. That's, like, the old version when Don was in the minors. Then he started to hit yeah. for some more power at the major level, major league and level. That he couldn't hit for power. And now he's like, you know what? I guess I'll just hit for average. Although, 269, like, it's above league average but that's not a high average by any means no it's not it's, just, it's pepper it's a lot of pepper lane
1: I, I mentioned lane thomas he's having like one of those like sneaky seasons where so you're gonna look at like wayne's lane thomas's page one day when he's on the immaculate grid in like five years and be like whoa lane thomas had a crazy 20 2023 <laughs> like i don't know how that happened but like, where did that come from yeah they're just they're a pesky pesky little team they're they're not bad they're gonna play decent ball their starting rotation has been a lot better this year which is the main reason why they've gotten good josiah gray is kind of like doing something similar that is how like mitch keller has gotten good where he is just like has a lot of pitches right now he's always really struggled with his fastball it was a pitch that could be hit he's also a smaller guy and a converted shortstop so pitching is still something that's like relatively new to him so crazy that he's mixing in you know five like five six pitches and every time he goes on the mound but he just kind of leans on, I believe it's his curveball. I'm double-checking right now. Yeah, it's his curveball and his slide. They're both actually quite good pitches. And he's mixing in a new sweeper this year. It's been good not used that much, but his fastball's always been something that's gotten cracked. As he's gotten better with all these pitches, he's kind of brought in the fastball down a little bit, let the off-speeds and the secondaries play up. And he's a good pitcher. He's having a good little game. He's in the All-Star game, too. And not good. I like, I
0: like Josiah Gray. It's nice. it's nice to see him succeed. Good story. You were talking about C.J. Abrams as well. Since June 13th, which is an arbitrary day, but this is the hot sh- the hot streak for him. He is hitting 307 with a 350 on base, 504 slugging, 854 OPS, four homers, nine doubles, two triples, 11 RBIs, and 14 stolen bases in 34 games. He really has good. had a run of it. Uh, so I picked him up in fantasy baseball because I was like, oh, he's available. Got to pick up C.J. Abrams. Hope he has a terrible series against the Mets. So that would make me very happy. But he's been playing good ball. And we also know that he loves to hit against the Mets too. He's like only home runs of the year. He came against the Mets at one point.
1: Yeah, he was a Met killer that, that series in uh, May when things were starting to feel kind of bleak. But even just, I mentioned Lane Thomas before. He's in 290 with a 120 WRC+. 16 homers, 12 seals, 68-run score atop this lineup. And my boy, Jaimer Candelario, just the metronome. Three out of four years with a 120 WRC+, plus
0: as of right now.
1: Just saying. Just, I'm just throwing it out there.
0: Your boy, but you've pronounced his name different to me every single time you've ever say, said it. There yeah, saying, it's time. Yeah, yeah, Jaimer, yeah. Jamer, Jamer Candelario. It's Jamer. like James. James. That's why I love him so much. Yeah, but just a good ball
1: player. And he will probably be on the move for probably uh, contenders. Anyone who needs a corner infield, they can play third, he can play first. Good baseball player. Joey Baseball also, Joey Manese, still in the Feels middle like of he, there.
0: Jamie Candelario, you are a New York Yankee. That's my prediction.
1: Speaking of trades that Mets fans might not be able to live down, the trade that went down Wednesday evening. Oh, yeah. Let's just talk about that for two minutes. Yeah, we maybe even three or four. Because there that, that's a trade where there are basically no winners and the only losers are potentially Mets fans. Where Ahmed <laughs> Rosario was sent from Cleveland to L.A., who took back Noah Syndergaard? That was just it's like crazy. how how could this happen? It's also funny because those guys are switching. Dodgers get everything out of every guy. Like imagine yeah. they can actually unlock Rosario's power. No, I mean imagine. If, I mean just like and like, Cleveland's been so good with their pitching development every single year. Like, imagine <laughs> if they can actually get Syndergaard back to being good. Like no, imagine if this trade happens. Like this, like really, if you are a fan of like twenty eight other teams in the league, you don't care so, at all it's a big nothing pizza right there like who cares two players who've been abysmal going on 24 calendar months right now and every <laughs> Mets fan's just like oh no <laughs> like please don't don't Here let this it happen is. not Here now it is. this isn't what i need in august i don't i don't need Ahmed Rosario hitting four home runs in august i can't i can't yeah. do it
0: my mind can't no. take it especially if the dodgers are making a postseason run can't handle that can't <laughs> He might become the starting shortstop if things pan out. <laughs> we were talking about Miguel Rojas last night in texts. Who cares now? It might be a better Rosarios. This is how they got me. Oh, but yeah, my I mean, God. that's that's pretty much all we got to talk about here on this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening, hanging out, watching with us. We appreciate you. Make sure you follow us on all our social media at MetsUp on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Subscribe to the New York Mets YouTube channel so you can go see the video version of this. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey. Drop us a rating, drop us a review, download, and subscribe. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. And me, Giraffe Giraffe Neck Mark with a C, down below our faces on the YouTube video. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Messed Up Podcast. Peace out.
1: Peace out. See you guys next time.